Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. <laughs> great to see some people upside down as well. That's good. And, and, uh, and Teddy's as well. <laughs> good to see you all. Um, and today, um, as Anne said, we're going to split the message into three. And the basic message today is about praying in crises, praying when things aren't quite so well. And those of you who've been following what we've been doing through Acts will know that Peter and John have seen this amazing miracle. And then the start of persecution comes as the Sanhedrin, the, the leaders, the authorities at the time take uh, that they find it difficult to see that they are preaching in Jesus name. They say, don't preach in Jesus name anymore. And they say, no, we will only do what God tells us to do. And then we get to this passage in Acts 4 and it's about praying in the crisis. So I'm going to read um, just uh, bit by bit through Acts 4 this morning from verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And just quickly, as we see that Peter and John went back to their own people, it shows the importance of the church. And what I see us in North Bushy, what it's becoming, what, what we have become is a people who take our concerns to each other, who, who pray together, who love each other. That's exactly as the church was always intended to be. Peter and John had seen seeing some stuff they didn't want to see, and straight away they go back to their own people, back to the church. This is an encouragement to us. This is what they've been doing right from the beginning in the church. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Again, right from the beginning, praying in the crisis, in the midst of all that's going wrong, they're praying together, knowing that God is with them. And what they'd seen in Acts 1 and 2, they'd seen that they'd be praying, they'd been in the upper room, they'd be saying, God, would your kingdom come? Would we see it as, as you see it? Lord, we want you to come. And then the Holy Spirit falls on them. And as the Holy Spirit falls on them, they realise this is true living. This is exactly how God intended it to be. This is the life in abundance that Jesus talks about, that the Holy Spirit had filled them. And they had tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so in the midst of the crisis, they go back to him in prayer and say, Lord, we don't understand this, but we're coming back to you because we know that you are good. And this is what they prayed. Sovereign Lord. That's how they start. Sovereign Lord. It means that he's king, that nothing can come against him. Nothing can stand against him. That the authorities, the Sanhedrin, the people that are beginning to persecute him, nothing can be done against God because God is in authority. He is the ultimate authority. So in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of what's going on around us, we can pray, Sovereign Lord, Sovereign Lord, you are King. Nothing can stand against you. Nothing can stand against us because you are with us. Lord, you are good. You are King. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And they go on to say about what he is sovereign over. So he is sovereign over creation. The one who said right at the beginning, let there be, let there be light, let there be the planets, let there be the galaxy, let there be the sun, the moon, let there be. God is bigger than anything that has been created. He is bigger than everything that we see. He is king over all creation and any authority that stands against him. He is bigger because he created them in the first place. God is sovereign over creation. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. 
And they say here that the Lord is sovereign over over his words. He is sovereign over over everything. He is the God of revelation that he spoke in times of crisis past. Think about the Exodus. Think about the things that have happened in Israel's past. God continued to speak. He continued to prophesy that there'd be a new day, a new day when the spirit is poured out and, and the savior has come. This is the God who is in control because he knew it was going to happen even before it did. And then in verse 27, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So even when it seemed like Pilate and Herod, they were actually in charge, they put Jesus on the cross. No, God was still in charge. God had decided that it would happen even beforehand, centuries beforehand, as it was prophesied. This is why they pray, oh, sovereign Lord, in the midst of the crisis, they pray to the God who is Lord over all. And of course, they had to speak this in faith over their circumstances because their circumstances didn't suggest that the Lord was in charge. But they spoke this in faith, knowing that he is in charge. And I guess this is the challenge for us today. Will we speak this in faith over our circumstances? That he is sovereign Lord. He is in charge. He, he is good. We can run to him and go, oh, Lord, you are good. We can trust you. You are sovereign and you rule and reign. And just before we sing our next song, I just want to read a prayer that David prayed right at the end of his life as the goods were brought forward for the temple. And the, he didn't get to build the temple. His son did, Solomon. But this is the prayer he prays. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. So let's do that together now. As we respond to, even in the midst of crisis, we can praise his glorious name because he rules over all. So we're going to sing together and worship him. Wonderful. So we have this God who is awesome. And what Peter and John, they've discovered is that they are subject to a greater authority than the Sanhedrin. And that when it seems like the enemy is having his way, when the enemy is seeming to, to be in charge, actually, no, he's only on a leash. He might be around, but he's on a leash and ultimately he will be dragged back and there will be no There'll be no victory for him. The victory is only in Jesus. And so I guess the question for us all this morning is, do we realise what is available to us when we come to God in prayer? And what we saw in the kids video with the kids coming to Jesus and Jesus says, let all the kids come to me. This is the Jesus we come to. Sovereign Lord over all. This is who we pray to. And then, of course, they move on to what they pray for. And from verse 29, it says this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal 
and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I'm just going to stop there, looking at what they pray for. You know, it would have been completely legitimate for them to ask the Lord for protection or for them to ask the Lord for wisdom or for the authorities to have a change of heart or whatever of that, anything like that. It would have been completely okay. And it's okay for us to pray for our circumstances. But here they pray in line with what Jesus asked them to do. Jesus had sent them out to be people who would who would speak the gospel boldly. And then also to stretch out your hands and to heal and perform signs and wonders through the holy name of your servant, Jesus. Jesus said that when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. So they are praying in line with what Jesus has already said. And of course, they they can pray for their own circumstances, but their primary concern was for the kingdom of God. It was for the cause of Christ. And Jesus says in, in Matthew 6, seek first his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So when we pray in the crisis, the Lord invites us to pray in line with his will. When we pray and we're not feeling like praying, we can look to the word and see what God has said. And we pray in line with that word and seek his kingdom first. And as we seek his kingdom, all these other things will be given to us as well. We can trust him. We can ask anything in Jesus name. And it's a challenge for me, isn't it? Because because actually, uh, in in many ways, I'm selfish. I want to pray for the things that I want to see. For the example of the early church is that they are desperate to see God's will done, his kingdom come and his will be done in and through them, that their lives would be a reflection of what God wants them to be. And so I guess the invitation is for us all to come before God and to pray in line with his will knowing that he has us in the palm of his hands and he is leading us and he won't let us fail. He will not let us down. So we're going to come to a time of prayer. We're going to start with a song where we ask for the Lord to come down, to open up the heavens, to see his kingdom come. And then Anne's going to lead us in prayer before I come back to the final part of this section. But let's just ask the Lord to have his way among us and that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. Let's sing. Thank you, Anne. Wonderful. And just want to, as we finish um, this little section, just pick up on what Anne just prayed about how prayer changes us and changes our circumstances. And just to remember that as we come to verse 31 of Acts 4, where it says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So there are just three really brief things from this verse that I think is significant for us. Firstly, the walls shook, the place shook. How great would it have been to be there as they prayed and literally physically they see the walls shake? And maybe we've never seen this, but I'm sure we can all think of times in our lives where God, having prayed, God reveals himself and shows himself to be someone who acts and shows himself as we pray in answering and that he is there and he's going through through this crisis with us. You know, this is why we pray, because we can meet with God. And there is no doubt that the guys here, they met with God and we can meet with God. You know, recently, Helen and I have had a few kind of really amazing answers to prayer um, and in the sense that we, we pray we thought is, is this right God 
So both of us were sensing that um, I, um, given the time that I've got, Helen's job in the NHS is coming to an end. And now, um, and now there's some extra time in the week. What can we do with that time? And Helen first, and then me, we felt the Lord saying, well, Dan could go back into the NHS and do some physio work there. And both of us were like, is this the Lord is not? And it became really, really clear, really obvious, very quickly that the Lord had spoken to us. Not least because to work in the NHS often takes months of painful HR forms and stuff to get through, the hoops to jump through in order to work in the NHS. And within um, a week or two, it means that this week I'm actually starting in A&E at Watford General two days a week. And it's clear that the Lord has spoke to us. He's been so kind to us in making it clear that this is what we were to do. And there are so many other examples I could give right now. And maybe we can all think of those times that the Lord just goes through the crisis with us by revealing himself, by shaking the room, if you like, even if it's not physically, but by showing us that he is there. Whether it's just a sense of peace or a sense of joy or a sense of, uh, a sense of comfort, the Lord shakes the room to show that he's with them. And then that they were all filled with the Spirit. They've only just gone through Pentecost and filled with the Spirit. And this is why Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, I think, go on being filled with the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit is always with us, but there are times when we just wait and say, Lord, fill us again for this task, for this purpose, for this season. Going through the crisis, Lord, fill us with your Spirit, because he is our comforter, he is our guide, he is our Lord, and he can take us through wherever we go. He can take us through the crisis to be filled with the Spirit. And finally, they spoke the word of God boldly. So the Lord answered their prayers. The Lord answered their prayers. He changed them and he changed the circumstances. The Lord was with them. And as he answered their prayers, they saw amazing things happen. They saw the, the boldness as they spoke up and ultimately people were martyred for their faith. But also they saw the signs and wonders that came through that prayer. They'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and they carried out Jesus' mission that he had given them to go and spread the word boldly. Ultimately, the world is only going to experience this, this life that Jesus offers if we ourselves are experiencing that too. And we can experience that in that place of intimacy in prayer. Because God changes us and he changes our circumstances. So as I finish, I'm just going to ask the Lord to refresh us again by his spirit. I'm going to ask the Lord to fall on us again by his spirit, that we might become the people who carry his presence wherever we go. That we might live this life that he has for us, this life of abundance. And that as we, as we pray, we recognise that the Lord Almighty, the sovereign Lord, the God of creation, the God of revelation, the God of history. He is there and the resources of heaven are available to us by his spirit. So let's just be still for a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to fall on each one of us. <laughs>